A short time ago, a striking village on a sandy plain, Berlin, the Kaiser's capital, is today one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Yes, that familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show, 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world wide web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am Spud Goodman, and I would like to welcome everyone to our show. We fully expect uh, tonight's program will be a fine little episode. I say that, though, with some reservation, as, as I could be wrong. I mean, man is not infallible, and I am a man, so there's, there's a bit of doubt here. I'd say hang around for the next 58 minutes and find out for yourself. With me is our temporary permanent co-host, uh, Gerald Holcomb. You can wink or something to the listeners. No words are really necessary. Well, a wink would not adequately express how excited I am about tonight's program. You can't and, prevent everything. By the way, Spud, I need to say guten Tag to our German listeners. That's under orders from yeah, executive producer Lori. Hey, hey, do you even know who's on this program tonight? Oh, no, I am not privy. I'm That's not privy to that information. But I'm assuming that once again we'll have fascinating guests and Great musical guests, and that's something the Spud Goodman Show serves up to its listeners each and every week. Well, you know, as I do know who is on, I really can't argue with that, so okay. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to say this. I am doing tonight's show under official protest, given our esteemed executive producer's recent edict about pre-interviews for oh. all guests. Mm -hmm. That is so George R. Wellington. Uh, I, I think it's Orwell. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Well, you said Orwellington. Um... Is Orwell somewhere in what I said? Well, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, so. Okay, yeah, fine. Oh, then we're going to round up, and okay. I'd say I got it right. All right. Anyway, as Hello, I was saying, you, you know, before you interrupted, this new order that we got from her is ridiculous. I mean, what good is a pre-interview before I speak to a celebrity guest? It's a total waste of time. Well, Spud, all major talk shows do pre-interviews with celebrity guests. It's standard operating procedure. <laughs> do you really think David Letterman during his career or Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel now ask questions that have not been thoroughly vetted by multiple staff members? Guests representatives often demand pre-interviews is that's what major guests who wants to be blindsided by something that's not been run by them prior to being asked listen listen pre-interviews are like shoot arounds now in the nba after they started doing them then college high school and even ymca teams thought they had to do them too before each game it's the copycat phenomenon hmm. and i know for a fact that the old school shows did not do pre-interviews steve allen or jack parr never had their staff ask guest questions before they came on their show 
Like celebrity guests can't answer questions without cheating? Well, I think you're mistaken on that. I googled pre-interviews and I learned it's been a common practice for thousands of years. It dates back to biblical times. Gerald, pre-interviews have been around for years. And sure, off-the-cuff questions could elicit a few jeers. But it's only a talk show, so lighten up on all your fears. Well, you know, I don't believe that. What proof do you have? I just told you, I read it on the internet. So, so, who, so who's going to ask our celebrity guests my questions in advance if I even agree to do this? Well, the memo said that the interns will be handling it. So they'll be calling our guests up like the day before and they'll run your questions by them. Okay, I love our interns. Yeah. They are the best and brightest of their generation. Yes. But if I was a celebrity guest and I got a call from, say, Trent over there asking me what my most memorable moment was, I would be highly offended. Really? Is that something that you save and share with... Only the very special people in your life. And, of course, an actual talk show host. Anyway, can, can we talk about this later? Because right now I have to play some music. All right, here is recording artist Mary Lou Lord, who performed this song, Lamest Flame, live on our Fox show, 1997, I think. Uh, the video of this performance is now up on our YouTube channel and I believe also on our Facebook page. It's our latest throwback segment. So here it is, Mary Lou Lord. Scotty 
James Burton. His limb is flame is here and flickering its last and through the dying light we journey to the past. Still I give up all I got to is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, this is Ken Osmond, Eddie Haskell. And I can't believe I've actually made the Spud Goodman Show. I've made it. I'm a top star now. Hey, uh, Spud, your first guest, T.J. Miller, is holding on the line for you. I, I think yeah. he's calling in from somewhere in Europe. I, I know you really enjoy him in a show on HBO, Silicon Valley. I do. I dig this guy and his show. Haven't missed an episode. But do you think T.J. knows any of those billionaires in, re in the real Silicon Valley? Or maybe he could get one of them on the show and you could discuss that eh. topic you were discussing in the men's room before the show? Economic disparity. Um. He plays a character on a make-believe TV show about Silicon Valley. I doubt oh. Larry Ellison of Oracle or Larry Page at Google are his best friends, regardless now if the show is a huge hit. They have their own stuff to do, like count their stacks of money and pine for the old days when everyone didn't kiss their ass 24-7. Well, are, are you ready for him? I am more than ready. Put that dude on the air. You got it. Please say hello to actor, writer, comedian, T.J. Miller. Welcome to the show, all right? Pro professional clown, weird marijuana, drug enthusiast, looking toddler-bodied man. Hello! Yeah. Uh, how are you? Yeah, welcome to the Spud Goodman Show. Um, hey, everybody in the studio tonight are big fans of your show, Silicon Valley, on HBO. Great series. Got to throw that out. Thank you. Yes, everybody, if you guys... If everybody in the studio is a big fan of mine, then everybody in the studio has low standards. That's for sure. All right, all right, super. Well, you're going to be appearing <laughs> at the Royal Oaks Music Theater in the greater Detroit area on June 25th at 8 p.m. Tickets are still available. I want to put that out right away before we get going here. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, if you if you like me in Silicon Valley and you haven't seen my stand-up, go online and check it out. Because I've been a stand-up comic a lot longer. And I've been uh, acting as, as a medium of comedy. All right, super. Um, it sounds like you're calling from a long ways away. Where are you at right now? Yeah, well, I, so I, <laughs> I'm in I'm in Belgium, uh, oh. which is a common place for people to call into your show. That's not in America, right? That's not in America. That's for a fact. I don't I don't think. Yeah, it's it's in Europe, but that's okay. okay. I mean, right. you know, you can if it helps you, just think of it as. Uh, as New Orleans. All right, I got, know, it, I got it. Got some French influence. Super. And uh, yes, I'm in Belgium with my father-in-law, my wife, and he studied in Louvain, which is a small city outside of Belgium. So we went back to see his old haunt. He was here 50 years ago. Wow. Cool. And so that's been quite a trip. And you know, they boy, the waffles, bud. I mean, they don't call them Belgian waffles for for nothing. They are waffles, and I, I bought them in Belgium, and they're pretty good. Maybe you They're could bring great. back a few in a doggy bag and maybe FedEx them when you get back over here. Just a thought, but to me, to me. 
But let me move on here. Uh, hey, you know, we, we're, I want this known that we're doing this interview without a pre-interview, which uh, my executive producer thinks we need to, like, uh, imitate all the big-time talk shows and, and do the pre-er. So, uh, you, you know, you're, you're – let me just ask you this. You're doing okay right now, right? I'm doing okay, yeah. And I th- I've, I've heard your show before, so I think a pre-interview isn't necessary. Though every show sounds a little like a pre-interview. All right. Um, all right. Yes, I am doing, I'm doing great. Super. And I actually, um, uh, you know, I, I just wrapped this uh, HBO pilot for Gore Burger. And if you haven't Gore Burger. seen that, it's right. on the internet and it's very, very bizarre. It's a giant blue alien from another planet that takes over a Japanese morning show and kills half of the staff and keeps the rest of the crew to have his own show, the Gore Burger Show. And oh. I'm the voice of Gorberger. He's actually a life-size animatronic puppet that I control his face and somebody else is inside of it. And uh, just Google it. G-O-R-B-U-R-G-E-R. And uh, it's that. a trip. It's very, very weird. Super. All right. We like that. So that's, yeah, so that's been going good. And then, uh, you know, stand-up, obviously, I'm on the Meticulously Ridiculous Tour, which is primarily the name of the tour is so that people have a tough time saying it. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, that's, you know, stand-up is in many ways my first love. And Silicon Valley Season 3 starts in September. So, Super. you know, that's very, very exciting because people seem to absolutely love the show. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, among other things, I'm really pretty busy. Deadpool, I'm in this movie with Ryan Reynolds, a Marvel comic book movie called Deadpool. And uh, I'm doing just a small thing in my good friend Jay Baruchel's, uh sequel to his original film, Goon. Mm-hmm. Goon too. So yeah, it's it's busy. Things are going great, but the thing that I love the most about it is they're going great enough for me to be able to tour and 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 do some stand up. Right, right. Well, let me hit you with this. According to the internet, and there's no rational reason to doubt information received from such. You're a newlywed, haven't gotten <laughs> married this year. Is that a big adjustment, or did it slip on easily like an old pair of Jordans? It's it's such. I mean. You know, that's what I call her, actually. It's an old pair of tennis shoes. Oh. That's, I've been, that's the nickname I came up with. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can always trust the Internet. For instance, I found Sweet. out that Belgium has the highest uh, per capita um, beatings of toddlers to take their Belgian waffles. And that's oh. real. And I know that. And I read it on Wikipedia because I, I, I actually I put it in there. Super. It's an open that's an open source joke. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. Being married, it doesn't feel any different. I've known her since college, and we've dated off and on for 12 years. So I know her very well, and it doesn't feel that much different. It does, uh, you know, it, it's just interesting. It's interesting to have that permanence, you know, where right. you're going, okay, this is it forever. And I think it's really helped her feel like she can give me a lot more crap in general about everything, and there's not going to be a lot of consequences. And she's right. Wow. So permanence is a good thing. I'm going to write that one down, too. All right. Super. Um, yeah. If you need help spelling it, let me know. All right. Um, hey, as stated previously, you do co-star in one of the best comedies on the air these days, Silicon Valley. You know, headed up by the highly gifted Mike Judge. <laughs> Bud, man. <laughs> so, my question. Your character, yeah. Ehrlich Bachman, that you earned a Critics' Choice Best Supporting Actor Award playing. Any real-life guy that he was based on? Because you kill in that part. Unfortunately, probably me. Most of the things that I do because I'm not a very good actor. Hold on one second. It's the Belgian police, and they didn't stop for you, which is good. 
because they stole several waffles and some french fries. Oh. Um, it, it is uh, m- most, because I'm not a great actor, most of my uh, characters are based on, they're just magnifications of certain aspects of me. And, you know, Ehrlich, the character I play in Silicon Valley, is kind of a arrogant blowhard who says whatever he wants. He's abrasive. He's constantly high, chasing women, drinking beer, and uh, will do what it takes to get ahead. I don't know how they figured on me for that, but I guess in some ways I am I am Ehrlich and Ehrlich is me. Well, it worked, obviously, obviously. Uh, hey, say, Mike, yeah, co- and I mean, I, I, as, as, as far as the, the marijuana thing, it's also, I'm from Denver and I live in California, so... I've got a good handle in terms of method acting on that aspect of his personality. Well, that yeah, that leads me to my next question, by the way. You are a native of Colorado, so what is your reaction to the fact that the lowest rate of obesity in America is in Colorado Springs at 19.6%? Any insight on how this occurred? Maybe super intense PE classes there? What do you think? <laughs> I love that you have that statistic on Colorado Springs. You betcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... That might change now that marijuana is legal, yeah, because that true. tends to make people get a little bit hungrier. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it has a lot to do with just Denver's such. It's over 300 days of sunshine a year. You've got every kind of outdoor activity, beautiful mountains. So why wouldn't you go outside? You know, why wouldn't you spend most of your time outside? Everybody wants to walk as much as they can. Um, you know, I think I think that's the the main reason. Spud, ask him about his 2010 movie, Yogi the Bear, where he played Ranger Jones. The family loved it. If he wants to talk about the Yogi the Bear movie, he can, but I'm not going to bring it up now. He has so many other projects yeah, going on. I love Yogi Bear. The Yogi, the Yogi the Bear movie was incredible. We bought the DVD, and I must have seen it over a dozen times. You hear me okay? I think Yogi is a highly underrated cartoon figure. I can ask him, but if this thing goes south, it's on you. Hey, excuse my co-host is trying to butt in here. His name's Gerald, and he wants to... Spud. Hey, okay, I'll ask him. He wants to know how your experience uh, doing Yogi the Bear movie... Well, you know, he's heavily into Yogi, I guess, so he just wanted me to run that by you. Was it a good experience? Was it fun? Oh, uh, well, you know, the problem with my whole career is that, you know, Yogi Bear 3 was my... Uh, it's the greatest performance that I've ever had, and so you kind of know that... Um, you know, you sort of know that once you've reached that pinnacle, everything is downhill from there. Uh, but I've I've been able to deal with that. I'm okay. You know, the Critics' Choice Award that was okay, but it's it's basically plateaued. Okay, well, l- let me hit you with this deep research question. You know, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it my research says you're quite proficient on a pair of stilts. Now, is that a skill that separates a man from the pack? Has this come in handy? <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what they say about the size of your stilts. You know, it's yeah, uh, yeah. big stilts, big penis. Yeah. So that's definitely one of the things that has always been said in circuses around the world. I am very good at stilts. I studied stilt walking, and although I don't have a pair right now, I still tower above the other stilt walkers in Los Angeles. And I think there's three. Uh, just one second, TJ. That's okay. What do you want now? This is not super important, but I think you're not penetrating the outer wall of TJ. A great interviewer is able to break through, and so far, 
no offense, I feel you could probe much deeper. Um, I'm a talk show host, not a coal miner. There's only so deep I will probe when I interview guests. If you do go for it, you never know what might come back at you. You know, maybe you cause a guest to regress and relive prior unpleasant life memories. It's just a radio show. All right, all right. I, I guess if you prefer mediocrity over breaking new ground in the world of celebrity interviews, then I get it. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Uh... I will, if you don't mind. All right, uh, TJ, uh, where was... <clears throat> okay, yeah. Uh, you're going to be performing. Let me get this out. You're going to be performing at the Royal Oak Music Theater in the Detroit area on June 25th at 8 p.m. So our listeners on WROM Radio Detroit need to get off the couch and go catch you live and in person. Absolutely. You guys come out there and, you know, I have a full tour. All the dates are on my website. TJ Miller does not have a website.com. I'm doing an entire West Coast tour. You know, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, all that stuff. But this Detroit show is definitely going to be great. It's close to my heart. My wife is actually from Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I've, I've spent a lot of time in Michigan. I have a special affinity for it. So, yeah, come on out to the Royal Oak Music Hall. It's great. My wife is actually going to open the show with some singing. She's a singer and a, a painter and all that sort of jazz. So, oh, cool. And there will actually be some jazz. So, yeah, come on out. All right, super. Mr. T.J. Miller. I really, really thank you. And you take care, okay? I want to talk to you first about I recently sat on the plane in between the two worst people in the world. Uh, they were father and daughter, coincidentally. The daughter sounded vaguely like this. Daddy, 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 I need my laptop case. She was like 25, by the way. And then he, she, so she's awful. That was a terrible situation. And then her father had reached a point. Have you ever seen a man who's like, his life is so terrible that he's given up on talking? And he's just grumbling his responses. Like there's no words or anything. He's just like, Daddy, I need my laptop case also. And he's like, <laughs> He did speak clearly once though. And that's when I asked if he wanted to switch seats with me. He said, no. But that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was as we were taking off, it's all true, uh, we're taking off like around the runway. He reached across me, and then she also reached across me, and then they clasped hands over me, and he started counting down from 10, and she started naming all the people that she loved. She's like, love you, Mommy, love you, Daddy, love you, Uncle Rick, love you, Jeremy, which I don't know who he was, but good for him he made the list. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spud Goodman, Goodman Show, Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Uh, welcome the Spider Ferns, Kelly and Alton Fleek, to the Spud Goodman Show. And have I mentioned I love referring to myself in the third person saying the Spud Goodman Show? And it's really my only perk of doing this thing. So thank you for driving down to play some music and giving me the opportunity to say the Spud Goodman Show. That is messed up, yo. We're happy to be here, man. Thank super, you. super. Um, and I love that reverb, too. It kind of gives you this godly kind <laughs> it's of pretty thing. pretty wicked. I, I don't know where that came from, really? really, but there it is. All right, well, you two are rumored to make your music late at night in a converted barn out in the woods. Does that ever get scary with the owls and bats? Uh, no, uh, we like I had a run-in with a, with a cougar once, but that was kind of scary. But How old was she? <laughs> <laughs> All, right. Uh, All right, then. Um, so uh, what is the band's take on the Fed's possibly raising interest rates this fall? A, necess you know, a necessary step to contain inflation or possibly a job killer? 
I think it's a job killer for sure. All Keep right. those in ra- I'm with rates you. down. I'm with you. People right. need to buy houses and stuff. So. All right. Um, well, let me touch on this. I, I have to really because you guys are married and, and, and yeah. you're in a band, and so that presents a lot of together time. It, it obviously <laughs> works for you guys, but do you re- recommend this to other couples? You know, because maybe I should have tried it with a few of my ex. Ex-wives, you know, I don't play an instrument, neither did any of them, but maybe we should have learned something, learned an instrument or something. Um, you just uh, have to move to six acres so you can walk away from each other sometimes. Oh, so six acres it's is a, the key. You have to have space. <laughs> I'd okay, say everybody four. has their own dynamics, bed, so I think you have to make that call for yourself. I also sometimes so. lock myself in my art studio, whatever works. Okay, so when you hmm. walk away, a good that's a good four or five acres. <laughs> that sixth one is, okay, when everything comes back together. All right, got that's it. Right, right. All right, well, uh, what's the name of the first song you're going to do? Uh, it's called Safety. It's a brand new song. Very cool. Let's do it. Did you work it all out slowly? And when the wind blew, did you change your direction? Would it matter anyway if the whole world knew? Did you work 
is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud, your mom is on the phone. Okay, all right, put her on. I'll make it quick. Spud, am I on? Uh, yes, you are, Mrs. Goodman. I don't want to talk to you, whatever your name is. Okay. Is my son there? The baby I almost died giving birth to? Um, yeah, Mom, I'm here. And Do you think you could maybe drop that line about almost dying giving birth to me because no one really cares. I had a difficult birth. Everyone has their own burdens, you know, that they have to overcome. And, and for the record, and this is maybe the 10th time at least I've put this out there, Dad told me you went with the cesarean option and your health was never in danger. He said you, you were out of the hospital the next day. That was because your father was once again between jobs at the time, and we had no health insurance. We snuck you out, wrapped in a cardboard box, so no one would stop us. It cost, I think, $60 a day in the hospital back then, and we figured after your sister, we knew the basics about babies, so why waste the money? And it was a rough cesarean. You ate a ton at birth, so it was no well, cakewalk. Hey, Mrs. Goodman, I too was a big baby. I, I think I was 11 pounds, 4 ounces. My mom still says I was like giving birth to a double-wide mobile home. But could you tell this weasel to not talk when I'm on the phone yeah. talking to you? Okay. Oh, I get it, but wow. he is the temporary co-host. He's allowed to get in a word here and there. There's not much I can do about it. That's <laughs> it. It's temporary, permanent co-host. Whatever. So, Spud, have you met any single ladies or maybe separated women lately? You never tell me anything about your love life. Uh, I have to scan your Facebook page to find out what's going on. No, nothing serious at this time, Mom, okay? Well, you aren't getting any younger, and very soon you will need someone to help you with putting on your pajamas and getting in and out of the bathtub. And can I say something about the type of women you seem to be pursuing? I mean, they all seem more suited for that rabbit ranch. The bunny ranch, Mom? You're going to use that one again? Now, that's very disrespectful to the past women in my life. Not all of them have fit that description. Like Tina? Mom, she was a former nun. Or she would have been if she hadn't quit like a month before she was to have graduated or whatever they call it. Hey, you, you know, regarding the need for assisted living in the future, both my wife and I have long-term care insurance. So when it's time to think about nursing care, we'll have everything covered. Have you tried dropping by Chuck E. Cheese lately, like I suggested? No, not yet. There are so many women in between male companionships there, hmm. alone, trying to hurt their little ones through the ordeal of a few hours there. 
Most of them are so frazzled and overwhelmed. You would have no problem striking up a conversation with maybe the next future Mrs. Goodman. I've already met at least three potential the next Mrs. Spud Goodmans in the last year or so, and you didn't like any of them. You know, you're really rough on the women in my life. Hypercritical. I just want the best for you. But yes, it's clear. I need to lower my expectations. Yeah, you think? Right now, I would sign off on just about anybody. Okay, maybe not some gal who's in that tea party or someone who eats human flesh, one of those cannonballers. Yeah, you know, Mrs. Goodman, cannibalism is against the law. You don't see it much these days in this country. You know, you had the Donner Party and then Jeffrey Dahmer. That's about it. Um, Mom, uh, it's good to know about your, you know, you are lowering this, the, you know, I like I like where you're going on this, and but I think any of the women I date could meet that standard, so... Let you know. I'm gonna get back to you. I might. There's somebody I do want you to meet, but right now I got to get back to the show. I'm gonna call you this weekend and see if you need anything. All right. Love you. Uh, I love you, Spud, and and I do need you to take my empty beer bottles to the recycling center. There's enough for us to maybe go out to lunch on. Okay, well that's fine. All right, bye. Bye bye. Bye, Mrs. Goodman. Okay, for you know, before we get going here, I just want to say this for the record. Yeah. That first interview with T.J. Miller, who is a great guy, by the way, amazing guy. Yeah. Uh, it went just fine without some stupid pre-interview. Well, yeah, but you don't know how good it could have been if our staff had done the pre-interview. I mean, that's an open question. Sure, your interview was pretty good, but maybe it would have been the best interview in the history of the show if we'd run the questions by yeah, him but, first. <laughs> but doing it ensures there is no spontaneity, no mystery. And the man said he was just fine bypassing it. Well, listen, Spud, show business is about creating the illusion of reality, not reality itself. But that's like discussing the specifics of a sexual encounter before you actually have it with someone. It takes the fun out of it, man. Spud on this one, you are right. No one wants pre-planned sex unless they are horribly uptight. So please tell his flunky Gerald to go fly a kite. Well, you know, the reason our executive producer has asked that we implement this practice is to take the risk out of our celebrity interview. Good. If, if you just agree to do this every interview, it will be amazing, as your guests will be talking about things that they're prepared to discuss. There'll be no awkward pauses, no moments of disbelief that you would ask such a stupid question. But that's the essence of my career. I don't want my guests to be bored on the phone waiting to be asked by an intern what questions are mm. okay to ask. I mean, come on. And then rehearse a response with them? That is so lame. That's but. You're looking at this from the wrong angle. Do you think a network comedy show goes on the air without rehearsing the material? They start with the table read and then have ongoing rehearsals the week before the cameras. Nothing is left to chance. <laughs> but we're not a network comedy show. No. We're not even a cable TV show anymore after so many years. Right now, we're just a dinky little radio show with an occasional morsel of humor that will be less frequent now with this dumb practice. Seriously. But just give it a try. We have a few seconds before our next guest, Whitney Cummings. Maybe our interns could quickly quickly call her up, run a few questions by her before we start the interview. I, I, I can stall here a little bit while no. we get Whitney on the no, phone. No, no. I will not be having Whitney Cummings undergo a pre-interview what? before I have a conversation with her. Gee, she's been on the show before. It's, she knows the show. Let's see if she's already on the line holding. I, actually, you know what they are telling me? Yeah, she is holding for you right now. But like no, I said, no, I can stall. Whitney through right now, please. All right. Uh, at least I tried. Please say hello to comedian, actress, producer, and writer Whitney Cummings. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Show. Hi. Thank you. 
All right, super. Well, currently you're out on your stand-up tour, but the show that you uh, co-created with Michael Patrick King, Two Broke Girls on CBS, is still going strong. Will the girls' financial prospects pick up a bit in the next season, your fifth, as as the economy seems to have improved a little bit? Will maybe like will Brooklyn hop on the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage thing, or will that screw up the? <laughs> That's a good idea. I actually might use that. Um, you know, I think the idea, you know, is that the girls, you know start to make money and be successful sort of in real time. You know, I think the reason we wanted to make a show about girls in their 20s without money is because that's that's the experience. That's the truth. You know, I didn't really get my life together until I was like 30, you know. So we just want to do it as honestly as possible. We didn't want to make a sitcom where, you know, like I love friends, but they worked in a coffee shop and they lived in this huge, gorgeous high-rise in New York. It just didn't feel real. So we kind of just... Yeah, we'll figure out what feels real and what feels honest, but living in New York is expensive, and no matter how much money you have, you're kind of going to be broke. So we want to just keep it real and, you know, keep it authentic. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think 15 bucks is going to get you real far in Brooklyn with rents, but yeah. Uh, well, let, let's talk about the uh, the fifth season. I mean, that, you're, you're going to the fifth season. That's like tougher than winning the Triple Crown these days in network television. Oh, God. Um, that's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I think we got lucky, you know, because uh, with the timing, because it seems like television is sort of moving towards the Internet and Netflix and a multicam show. You know, yeah, especially given the fact that a lot of people are not making multicams anymore um, with a live studio audience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel super grateful that it resonated. You know, I think that we, you know, did a good job of being honest and, and, ref- and sort of reflecting what it's really like when you're in your 20s. And we just never sold out. And I think uh, the audience appreciated that and, and stayed loyal to us. Right. Well, uh, Whitney, excuse me for one second. What do you want? Sitting there raising your hand while I'm talking to her is distracting. So there's some symmetry going on here as Whitney produces a show called Two Broke Girls, and here you and I are two broke guys. That's pretty funny, huh? I don't find any humor in my current financial situation as it's very stressful. And you, with your second job selling carpet and linoleum, you should be doing fine. Actually, it's my first job, as it pays the bills, you know. This co-host gig basically covers our cable and lawn service. Well, at least you have money before you blow it all. If you manage your money efficiently, you wouldn't be broke all the time. Well, I, I hate to blame the wife, but she has a serious Hummel collection habit. She, she can't stop buying them, and I'll tell you, they aren't cheap. I don't even know what the hell Hummels are, but that's nice to know. Can I return to my conversation with Whitney now? Oh, absolutely. Sorry about that, Whitney. Uh, where did I leave off? Oh, yeah. Hey, you are the executive producer, and I was just curious, do you find yourself sending notes to everyone, even like the grips and craft services people, because you can? Because I'm guessing you received <laughs> more than enough of those from the NBC suits when you start in your own sitcom, Whitney. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, no, I mean, the good news, I would if I could, but we have such a great crew and everyone's so good at their job that there's really nothing I can say, unfortunately. Oh. But, um you know, I like to just stick to the writing part. I know my strengths, and I know my weaknesses, and uh, I like to just stick with the dirty jokes. All right, all right. Um, but if the mood moved you, you actually could do it. That's kind of cool. There's how I'd say that. So, All right. Um, so you did a comedy special, I Love You, now out on Comedy Central Records, and it can be found on iTunes right now. When I was growing right. up, the comedy album was a really big part of my entertainment world, but with the multiple platforms now available, it's kind of a challenge now, isn't it, to make an impact with the release? 
Yeah, I mean, I think now, yes, the answer is yes. And I think now you have to be a little more patient with the long-term game. It's not like, you know, even movies, like, you come out, it's, it's, it's a... It's a, um, almost a holding pattern, you know? It's like people will find something on Netflix or iTunes in a year and get into it, you know? So the, the goal isn't necessarily anymore to make a huge splash right now. It's over the next couple of years, people will find it. And, you know, like that show, The Comeback on HBO, mm-hmm. it was on the air, you know, nine years ago, and they just picked it up for a second season this year, you know, because people discovered it. So I think it's just more of a long-term game plan than an immediate Flash. But right. the answer is yes. This is a terrible business right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Well, as as a woman in stand up, do you think that uh, they're judged differently than men? Is the hot is the bar higher, or are there other elements that men don't have to deal with? Besides, you know, besides wardrobe and grooming, is all they have to do is throw on some raggedy t shirt and a baseball cap, you know, before hitting the stage. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I've I've been asked this question for ten years, and I still don't have a good answer because I think the answer is, um, you know, I. I you know, here's the thing. It's, it's, I think it's a really um, great time for women in comedy right now. It's like with Amy Schumer and Chelsea Handler and, you know, it's like it, Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph and, and Amy Poehler. I mean, this is a good time. I think people get it. When I started, when I got on stage, people kind of groan like, oh, there's a woman coming on stage. Whereas now I think people get excited. So I think it's a great time to be a woman in comedy. I mean, there is always going to be the biological impulse to evaluate um, female comedians on a physical level. So you still see people saying, oh, she's pretty or she's not pretty. I mean, that's really, I think, what it boils down to now is uh, people needing to talk about our appearance, you know, which, you know, because they're like, oh, she's pretty, Chelsea's pretty, you know, Tina Fey's pretty. It's like, we don't need that. We don't care. (laughs) That's not what we're trying to make you think about us. But... There's still that. That's just a biological impulse that we're humans, you know? Yeah, and I was just thinking, there's there's a whole, not a whole lot of hot male comedians actually out there working. I just thought I'd just cross I my know. Mind. No one is saying, no one's, you know, criticizing, you know, the one of those critics said that Melissa McCarthy, they criticized her. You know, no one's saying that about Kevin James. No one criticizes men's uh, appearance. You're exactly right. So Thank- I think that gets frustrating sometimes. Um but, you know, it's, it's something that I, because I, I talk about it in my stand-up, you know, my solution to anything that's frustrating is just to talk about it, you know, so. All right. Thanks. Well, I got to say thank God on that one for, as a, as a guy, I just want to say that, but anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Excuse me one more time, Whitney. What? I just wanted to mention to you that I may have overlooked Anthony Jeselnik. He, he's pretty hot. Or, or maybe Andy Kindler, as he's got that male librarian look going on. You interrupted me to pass on that observation? Well, I'm just saying, you might have been a little quick to make the assessment that there aren't any hot male comedians out there. I beg to differ. Okay, point taken. May I return to my conversation with Whitney as I have to wrap this thing up? Oh, and oh, how about Bill Bellamy? He's been a guest on this show a few times, and he is very handsome. Okay, okay, point taken. I may have misspoken. Now just put some duct tape over the mouth until I'm done here. Okay, fine. So what what female comedian had the most impact on your career? Does anyone jump out? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you Yeah, I think probably uh, Roseanne Barr. Um, I loved Roseanne um, and grew up watching her show because she was, you know, I feel like the first female comedian that I saw who said, I'm poor. And 
you know, didn't have money, and that's how I grew up. So watching Roseanne, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's my life. So she's the first person I really, you know, connected to, and, um, and then, you know, I've gotten lucky enough to have met her over the years, and, you know, she's so awesome. But, yeah, definitely Roseanne Barr. And I also loved comedic actresses like Shelley Long I was obsessed with um, and Bette Midler. So there's a ton. Okay. Well, relationships are a big part of your act, uh, and you know. And I'm just curious, what's your take on marriage? Do you think that these days the institution has like an ex- expiration date or a fairly certain shelf life? Yeah, you know, I've had a few failures myself. I'm just curious on your take. Well, I joke, you know. I say it's, it's they call it an institution because it's for crazy people. Yeah. Um, but you know, I it depends. I mean, I think that there's much people there. I, I've sort of been somewhat against it because for so long, you know, I was influenced by divorce. You know, I grew up, I saw three divorces by the time I was 16. So I just thought you get married, you get divorced. Like, you know, I didn't think you don't get married. I just think when you get married, only expect it to last five years, you know? So I think I've kind of had a a revised uh, take on it, which is that it doesn't have to last forever. You know, we have, we don't expect our cars to last forever. We don't stay in the same house our whole lives, you know? When I hear someone was married for eight years, I think of that as a success, you know. Um, Thank you. Because marriage was invented when the life expectancy was 30. Now we're living to be 100, you know. So it's, it's, we have to sort of evolve our um, sort of expectations and stuff. And, and be, we're so hard on ourselves, you know. When people end relationships or go through divorces and they feel so bad, I'm like, what, 10 years? That's that's awesome. Celebrate that. That's a success. That's not a failure. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, one of the reasons I heard is that guys are not just me, but tend to lose their sense of hearing. Like after five to ten years, we don't listen as well, or that's what I've been told. And it's a deal breaker. I don't know. I, that's just something that's been brought up. But I, I'll move on. I'll move on here. Uh, last question, because I know you're busy here. Um, and this is kind of trite and cliche into the tenth power, but I'm told by my executive producer that people love hearing this answer. So, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz to this point? Oh, that's a great point. Uh, a great question, actually. Um, God, I have so many. I feel like every day some weird miracle happens. You know, I have to say, like every time I go on stage and perform an hour, I get excited. You know, because this is. That was my dream, but I think probably doing the roast of Joan Rivers when I, That's for great. the first time, met, met Joan Rivers, and she was so great. She, she afterwards, she gave me a huge hug, and she was like, you've got it, you've got it, like, you're going to do this, like, you're going to make it. And I remember she kind of convinced me that to have self-esteem, you know, I was like, if Joan Rivers believes in me, I think I should probably believe in myself, you know, so that was a really big moment for me, and I've just met so many amazing... I got to work with Sidney Pollack before he died. Oh. That cool. was pretty amazing in yeah. some movie called Maid of Honor. Um, I feel really lucky. I've had so many of those moments. Well, super. Well, um, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in. Okay? Thank you, thank you. Whitney Cummings. Love makes you think about doing things you never thought you'd do before, you know? Like getting married. This last relationship, I thought I was going to get married. For me, I never thought I was going to get married because I have all this divorce in my family, you know? But I also think when you get older as a woman, marriage just becomes a little more appealing because marriage is set up for girls as an offer that you just cannot refuse, you know? If someone came up to me on the street randomly and marriage as an institution did not exist and someone was just like, excuse me, ma'am, hi, um, would you be interested in a beautiful diamond ring? 
and a bunch of parties where your friends will buy you whatever the f you want. And then you get to move into somebody else's house and get on their health insurance plan. And then if they cheat on you, you get half their shit, no questions asked. Would you be interested in that? Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. How do I get all that shit? Well, you just have to have sex with the same man for the rest of your life. Oh. You know what, f it, I have Tylenol PM, let's do this shit. Where do I sign up? I can't believe I let you talk me into this. Once again, the spider ferns. Oh, no. 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right. It's Clip of the Week time. And we haven't done one of these for a while, but I couldn't pass this one up. It, it deals with Donald Trump's secret plan, his, his blueprint to eradicate the problems in the Middle East and to wipe out ISIS. Now, you may ask, why would anyone listen to a failed developer who has filed for bankruptcy like four times? A guy who's never served a day in any service branch and who hasn't even mowed a lawn in his life. Well, now he's come up with a plan. So amazing, it's going to clean up the current mess in that sandy part of the world. You need to know, though, Donald is very concerned. If he shares his secret now before he's president, someone else might get credit. And I guess I can understand his thought process because, I mean, if I came up with a cure for cancer, I'd be a little paranoid that it would get out before I leveraged it to maximum potential, you know, before I got a Us or People magazine cover story. Anyway, so here's the Donald, or should I say, the big tease. You know, every time I say it, I get criticized, but at some point I'll have to reveal it. But there is a way of beating ISIS so easily, so quickly, so effectively, and it would be so nice. The problem I have is that every time I watch Obama talking about exactly what our next move is going to be, how we're going to attack this place or that place, I'll have a hamburger, for which I will gladly pay you Tuesday. So... I know a way that would absolutely give us guaranteed victory. I'm going to say it, I guess. I'll be forced to say it at some time, but I hate to say it. Because as soon as you say it, they're going to be just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an idea that, in my opinion, is foolproof. I didn't always lie. No, I, I used to tell the truth. No, I'm not no. talking about dropping the big duke. I'm talking about something that would be unbelievable as an idea. Problem is, then everybody's going to take the idea, run with it, and number one, people forget where it came from. Yeah, that's what happened. Have you run that idea past any generals, any SEALs, anybody uh, with, with military experience? Yes, I, I ran it past two or three people. Okay. And, uh, they love that, it. All right, so simple. One. It's like the paperclip. You know, somebody came up with the idea of the paperclip and made a lot of money. They sure and everybody's did. saying, boy, why didn't I think of that? That was so simple. This is so simple, so surgical. It would be an unbelievable thing. Blah, blah, blah. Now... You know, I've been around saying this. You would think somebody from the administration at least would call me and say, hey, could you tell us what it is? <laughs> it happens to be a great idea. But at the right time, I guess I'll give it. Right. I hate to give it in one way because, you know, if I ran and won, I'd, I'd hate like hell to have this idea. Because once you give it, it, it really ceases to be. No, you, I... lose, you lose the surprise. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! We have leadership. They're, they're all a bunch of clowns. Yeah, this has been Charlie Murphy on the Spud Goodman Show, where we put it down for real. That's right. So, uh, Spud, Lori, our executive producer, is on the line. She says she wants to speak with you on the I air. Can't just wait until I'm off the air? We both know you won't speak to her after we sign off. You never answer your phone. Well, She's kind of mad. I, she needs to speak I'm running, to you right we're now. We're running late. We're running late. I can't, I can't, I can't stop her. Well, Liz, I was just told to put her through. I'm going to put her through like Am I, I on the air? Yes, you are, Ms. Madsen. Hey, we're running late here. we got to move. Okay, what do you want? So what do you this want? This is how it's going to be, Spud. I clearly told you in that memo that we're going to try and now implement that policy, and you just ignore it? Yeah, basically. Well... That's not just insubordination, but it's grounds for dismissal. I have told you repeatedly about the consequences for ignoring my directives on the show. 
but no way you can punk out on this stand. And if you do, you'll be known as a little bitch throughout the land. So be a man and not just a hired hand. Look, look, this is the Spud Goodman Show. Good luck getting rid of me. I am irreplaceable. I mean, you can rag on me all you want. And I will now utilize the well-worn cliche number three, I believe, on the list of, of those dearly need that need retirement. I'm, I guess I'm referring to at the end of the day. Yeah, I just said it after swearing never to utter it on the air. Anyway, there's nothing you can do to me. There's nothing you can do to me. If you want to cancel the show, go ahead. It's summer, and I was thinking about learning how to get up on one ski for sure this okay. year at the lake and spend a lifelong dream. And, you know. Okay, I could care less about your water skiing dreams, but this is serious. I not only have one bullet in my gun canceling your show, and that's going to affect a lot of innocent victims, and yes, I do care about them. All I ask is that you well, try and follow the rules. No, look, at I, least on I, this I will one. trade you. I'll trade you. How about I follow your dumbass rule about pre-interviewing guests, and you let me host the show by myself? I mean, this is 2015. Who needs a co-host anymore? Those went out with black and white TVs. Well, I'd have to disagree with that statement. The, the role of a co-host is an honored and highly respected position in the talk show industry. Don't worry, Gerald. There's no chance in hell I'll ever let this human lawsuit waiting to happen host any show without adult supervision. If it isn't you, it's going to be somebody else to babysit him until I find somebody out there with talent who's actually willing to work with a creep. Your job is secure, and I will discuss this further off the air at tomorrow's staff meeting. Yeah, whatever. Which, by the way, is mandatory. Goodbye. All right. Uh, All right. Well, um, I, 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 by the way, I'll be there early in case you want to discuss anything else. If you're listening on the radio right now, thank you. Yeah, whatever. You know, I think I'm just going to end this show right now, right? And I'm going bowling, by the way, afterwards. That's how I'm going to unwind tonight. I have a lot of stress. I need to unrelease on those pins. Anyway, I'm Spud Goodman. Be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, a portentous harbinger of what the Internet of Things has in store for us all. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. The executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. of Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, 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 everybody. My name is Lawrence, and I'm going to be your host for tonight's Spud Post Show Report. 
And with me, I got a special co-host, Ivy Quinn. Hey, hey. Ivy Quinn. How you doing tonight? How are Good. you doing? Yeah, hey, thank, I appreciate you sitting in here tonight. Sure. Um, I was kind of busy, but after hearing the show the last few weeks, it sounded kind of like a frat party or something. Oh, guys, really? Yeah. No yeah. female voice I of know. reason? So I moved some things around with my schedule and made sure that at least tonight there would be a token presence of diversity. Oh, yeah, Super. yeah. There needs to be that. You know, I know for myself here, you know, after all those years in lockup and all that stuff, we're just just guys, stinky, sweaty guys. You know, a woman is mandatory in all the activities that I choose to be involved with. I'm That's telling good. you right now. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's no disrespect to Derek. Oh, you know? of course not. Yeah, he failed in here, you know, for while while our co-host Gina has been out on maternity leave. But you know, we just we need you here tonight, Aww. Ivy, because and we're, we're in your debt tonight. Thank you. It's my pleasure, and I really do hope that you, Derek, do not take this as a criticism of your on-air abilities. You, sir, do the best you can with the gifts you're blessed with. I would like to say that I most wholeheartedly disagree with both of your assessments about what this show needs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love women, but when it comes down to it, the only thing that matters is talent. And Super. I have that in every ounce of my body. Even in your beard, Derek? Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, I think you have some remnants of lunch in that yeah, thing. Uh, you do know that without proper hygiene, you could be carrying a multitude of bacteria and compost material from prior meals. You should lose the Grizzly Adams look. That's so 2014. Yeah, I think so. You know, and now that you mention it, you know, right before I got out it, back in 2014, early then, mm-hmm. you know, most of the guys on my tier, they, they started to shave off their beards. They right. were like, yeah, that's out, you know. And, and some of them, they had those beards working for years and years. And, you know, I, I think maybe beards, they, they, they maybe jumped the shark in the joint. You totally. know what I'm saying? You know, oh, all right, enough about Derek. You know, I, I be, you know, after ho- posting the post show report yourself, for, mm-hmm. for quite a while, you know, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. What was the one thing that you found the most challenging in doing that? Because I, I want to get your take on, mm-hmm. on, on doing this gig. Okay. Um, I think the key is who you surround yourself with. When I did the show, I had the fabulous Chick Hunter here with me, and oh. I could always count on him to be a team player. You know, Super. not having to look over my shoulder at all times at a co-host who had their eyes on my job. That would be a horrible work environment. Hey, now, I resent that remark. I mean, sure, I'd what? love to be named the permanent host of the Post Show Report someday. Yeah. But maybe if Florence's parole got revoked. But I haven't been actively campaigning for the position. No, no, Derek. But chances of my parole getting revoked, they're about as strong as Pamela Anderson sending you a friend request on Facebook. Oh, I actually have a friend on Facebook named Pamela Anderson. She's kind of hot, too. Oh, uh, can, can we move on here, Derek? You still have your celebrity highlights to handle tonight, so it's not like you've been totally displaced. So suck it up, dude. Uh, should we introduce the panel right now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, we got Dave back with us tonight on the soundboard. Welcome back, Dave. Hi, Dave. Oh, it's great to have you. Oh, yeah, well, well, we, yeah, we got some sound guys over there to take care of you there. And Mike, speaking of sound, our engineer, he's with us tonight Hi. here. Hey, and uh, of course we got well, we got only one intern tonight. We got Trent. He's he's doing double duty tonight, and he's about to graduate. There, isn't that right? Oh, uh, he wants to get that college credit so he can graduate. I'm telling you, you know, hey, you got to bring protection to those uh, graduation parties Ooh, that you yeah. go to. You know, it's mm-hmm. a smart thing to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, th- with that, those words of wisdom that can apply to all our listening audience. Why don't we get started with the music? All right, let's. Why do don't that. you announce the first song? Okay. Well, um. 
We're going to begin with the, the, the classic man in black. That's Johnny Cash with Just One More. And then we have the Beaumonts with I Like Drinkin'. Um, hey, guys, I could introduce a third song, too. I mean, most song, most stations do triple plays, right? Uh, two that songs, and listeners are just getting not into the music super. before it ends and returns to the studio. It's just a suggestion. Nah, nah, we're going to just stick with the schedule that that, uh, that we've been given. But you know, hey, thank you. But Yeah, um, two songs should be sufficient. Maybe you could pick up some I of mean, the clutter around here while the music's playing, oh, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, Isn't you that why we have the internet? I tell you what, why don't you get uh, the Ivy and, and me uh, some water while you're Oh, yeah, you know? I'd really like uh, one. Thank you. Right, oh, Lawrence, you're so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Put the bottle on the table. Let it stay there till I'm not able to see your face in every place that I go. I've been sitting here so long Just remembering that you are gone One more drink of wine And if you're still on my mind One drink, just one more And then another I'll keep drinking, it won't matter I'll just remember that I once had it I don't know why I sit and cry every day I've been trying to forget But I haven't stopped as yet One more drink of wine And if you're still on my mind One drink, just one more And then another
dancing, I like getting high. I like drinking, I like dancing, I like getting high. I like drinking, I like dancing, I like getting high. I like drinking, I like dancing, I like getting high. Alright, alright, in the studio tonight, we got with us the Spider Ferns. Welcome, guys. Nice to have you with us tonight here. Pleasure to be Thank here. You. Absolutely. Yeah, pleasure having you. Hey, you know, I got, I, before I start the interview and all that stuff, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody who comes in the studio. I got to be fair here. So, let me ask you, have either of you guys done any time, any like prison time? <laughs> Just no. want to know. Uh, I got arrested for a minor in possession, but I didn't actually serve time for that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Super. <laughs> One step you away, beat the right? system. Yeah, yeah, nice. Good job. Hopefully it's all been erased. So. Yeah, but let me ask you this. What What is a spider fern? Is that something to do with the spiders? Because I had like a little pet ant when I was in the joint, but you um, know. <laughs> it's actually a plant, but yeah. we House like plant, spiders. Man. We House like plant. ferns. We like spider ferns. Also known as the ribbon plant, <laughs> but spider fern sounds much Thank cooler. Nice. And, I, and we have a dog that likes to eat them, which is problematic. Oh, yeah. Luckily, Luckily they replicate poison. quickly. So. <laughs> oh, good, good. They're like the plant version of guppies. Oh. They just keep <laughs> breeding. Do you have any bands or musicians that influenced you in particular or your sound? Um, I don't know that we th- think about things like that. We, we just love... A, a wide breadth of music. Yeah, absolutely. West Montgomery was big for me on guitar. Obviously, like David Bowie and people like that. We, you know, we're fairly old, born in 1969, so a Thanks, huge Al. breadth That's of influences. That's nice. Everyone knows we're old. No, that was me. You were born in '84, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You um, guys super look fantastic. And I'm actually. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, but maybe do, do you guys eat hummus? Yeah, we do. We do. I just discovered hummus, and oh man, I like me some hummus. I make some damn fine hummus. We're actually crazy vegan people. Oh yeah. Oh, so then hummus—that's a main staple for the vegans. That's (laughs) That's all we eat, pretty much. Where do you guys want to see yourselves in like a year from now? Oh, that's Uh, Belgium. Uh, Yeah. That's that was right. good. For somebody, the chocolate? Or, well, somebody yeah. on the previous show was, exoner- was saying the waffles were really excellent. Yeah, so, oh. so we'll go to Belgium. Yeah, That's yeah, where we They've yeah, exported yeah. fairly well, <laughs> but it would be nice to try them at the source. Yeah, I've only ever had yeah. toaster waffles. So. <gasps> we'd, like, I, I, we'd like to still be happy in a year, too. I like waffles, too. Hey, guys, guys, can I ask a question to the van? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, Dave, but we, we don't got any more time. No, but I, uh, oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear you guys play. This is exciting. So what is the name of the last song you're going to play for us It's called Fortune. Fortune. Yeah. All right. Up for album soon enough. The Spider Foods.
got to admit, I feel just a little bit bad for Derek. Maybe we got to give him his, his props now to do his thing. 
but I, I, if you, if you feel it's important, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, I guess it is important. I'm, I'm ready for my for my moment. All right, Doug, you do you. All right, here we go. So this first clip that we have tonight, I'm really excited about. I'm a huge fan of the show on HBO, Silicon Valley. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's hilarious. I love it. And uh, this first highlight comes from Spud's interview with TJ Miller, but he's talking about his next project for HBO called Goreburger. Also you know, hilarious. Back if you in a doggy bag and maybe FedEx them when you get back over here. Just a thought, but to me, to me. But let me move on here. Uh, hey, you know, we, we're, I want this known that we're doing this interview without a pre-interview, which uh, my executive producer thinks we need to like uh, imitate all the big time talk shows and, and do the pre-er. So, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, let me just ask you this. You're doing okay right now, right? I'm doing okay, yeah, and I th- I've, I've heard your show before, so I think a pre-interview isn't necessary, though every show sounds a little like a pre-interview. All right, all um, right. Yes, I am doing, I'm doing great, Super. and I actually, um, uh, you know, I, I just wrapped this uh, HBO pilot for Goreburger, and if you haven't Gore-Burger. seen that, it's right. on the internet, and it's very, very bizarre. It's a giant blue alien from another planet that takes over a Japanese morning show and kills half of the staff and keeps the rest of the crew to have his own show, the Goreburger Show. And oh. I'm the voice of Goreburger. He's actually a life-size animatronic puppet that I control his face and somebody else is inside of it. And uh, just Google it, G-O-R-B-U-R-G-E-R. And uh, it's a down. trip. It's very, very weird. Super. All right. We like that. So that's, yeah, so that's been going good. And then... Uh, you know, stand-up, obviously, I'm on the Meticulously Ridiculous Tour, which is primarily the name of the tour is so that people have a tough time saying it. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, that's you know, stand-up is in many ways my first love. And Silicon Valley Season 3 starts in September. So, Super. you know, that's very, very exciting because people seem to absolutely love the show. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, among other. I can't imagine a gore burger. Is that what he said, a gore burger? It's insane. It looks like where the wild things are, kind of, on crack. Um, and in the opening credits, like, he comes in and he storms this set, and he kills some of the people, but he lets some people stay. And, like, he grabs this lady by the head and pops it off, and her neck gore comes out like a stretch of big old bubble gum. It's crazy. Wow, that, that is crazy. They got to let some of the people live because he's got to have a crew to run the show. So Right. Oh, and, like, he wants news. Like, he hates the anchor dude, but he wants to keep updated, so he keeps him alive. So how, oh, that's how he decides who to keep alive is who he needs and who he... Yeah, basically to round out his show. It'd be kind of like if an alien came now. Obviously, the alien would keep me and you, but like, Derek, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There's some... Derek, you don't look too he tasty might, with aliens. He might eat highlights, you know, from, from other stuff, like, and I can do that for him. Like, I think come on, you guys, beard, you guys would stand I up think, for me, right? I, mean, I think if he your had facial my, hair would be off-putting to an alien if he, being. If he had me, if he had crumbs, me by the head, he you guys would yeah. stand up for me, right? the beard there. All right, well, you know, we're going to cut to some more music here. We're going to start off with a favorite of Spuds here. This is Public Enemy and their song, Rebel Without a Pause. And then we'll go with the Japan Droids and their tune, The Love of Ivy. Seriously? Who picked that song? I don't know what this world is coming to. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time again. D, the enemy, telling you to hear it. They praise the music, it's time to play the lyrics. Some say no to the album, the show. Bum rush the sound. I made a year ago. I guess you know. You guess I'm just a radical. Not on sabbatical, yes, to make it critical. The only part of your body should 
Yo, yeah, man. Yo, you got to run 
For more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report.
welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You know, Derek, you brought it pretty well at the last one. Let's get you, give you another round. I think yeah. I think I can bring it equally as well for this one. Um, Remember, so, sit up straight. Oh, Gotta keep sorry. Yeah, go. yeah, that's right. Uh, so our clip of the week, uh, this kind of got me thinking about something. There was something in here. Do you guys ever think about the guy who invented the paper clip? Uh, all the time. That's all I think one about. One of my heroes. What do you think he did with all that money he made off that idea? Uh, Liquor and women. Yeah. yeah. Liquor and women. Like most of us in the joint. Yeah. Well, in this clip of the week, our old pal Donald Trump tells us about his so simple it might just work idea on ending all these silly conflicts our president keeps starting, as he puts it. You know, every time I say it, I get criticized, but at some point I'll have to reveal it. But there is a way of beating ISIS so easily, so quickly, so effectively, and it would be so nice. The problem I have is that Every time I watch Obama talking about exactly what our next move is going to be, how we're going to attack this place or that place, I'll have a hamburger, for which I will gladly pay you Tuesday. So I know a way that would absolutely give us guaranteed victory. I'm going to say it, I guess I'll be forced to say it at some time, but I hate to say it, because as soon as you say it, they're going to be just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an idea that, in my opinion, is foolproof. I didn't always lie. No, I, I used to tell the truth. No, I'm not no. talking about dropping the big duke. I'm talking about something that would be unbelievable as an idea. Problem is, then everybody's going to take the idea, run with it, and number one, people forget where it came from. Yeah, that's what happened. Have you run that idea past any generals, any SEALs, anybody uh, with, with military experience? Yes, I, I ran it past two or three people. Okay. And, uh, they love that, it. They, all right, so that simple. One. It's like the paperclip. You know, somebody came up with the idea of the paperclip and made a lot of money. They sure and everybody's did. saying, boy, why didn't I think of that? That was so simple. This is so simple, so surgical. It would be an unbelievable thing. Blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, I've been around saying this. You would think somebody from the administration at least would call me and say, hey, could you tell us what it is? <laughs> it happens to be a great idea. But at the right time, I guess I'll give it. Right. I hate to give it in one way because, you know, if I ran and won, I'd, I'd hate like hell to have this idea. Because once you give it, it, it really ceases to be. No, you, I... lose, you lose the surprise. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! We have leadership. They're, they're all a bunch of clowns. Well, he, he spoiled the surprise. He told us he told us the idea. Did he? Uh, what was the idea? Paper clips? The bomb. The bomb? Oh, that, that's been done. They did that in Japan. Right? Didn't, the Japanese are still around. Well, so. I, I feel like in this era where, you know, Hollywood's re, redoing everything, everything's a reboot. Like, maybe that's what Donald Trump's going reboot for. The yeah. think, reboot the A-bomb? Reboot the A-bomb. I think he's going to build a big casino in Syria, and all the ISIS people are going to want to invest in it, and they won't have any money left to buy weapons or anything. No, nah, I think that's the most accurate portrayal of what's going to happen, his secret weapon. All I know is I listened to this clip with a 12-year-old, and the 12-year-old's take on this was, why does it matter whose idea it is if it brings peace? In your face, Donald. Grow yeah. up. In your face with that crazy hair thing that he's got working there. I don't know what yeah, that's Yeah, I think that's where he stashes all his ideas. Oh, yeah. You tell badly off from that, right? Maybe he's going to give them all hair like his own, and then they'll cut off their own heads. Uh, you know what? 
that could happen. That would be an affront. Kind of crazy. All right, we're gonna get back to some more music. You know, let's uh, let's uh, start off with the uh, the chairman of the board, Mr. Frank Sinatra, and I get a kick out of you. And after that, we have Northwest Greats Mud Honey with Suck You Dry. I get no kick from champagne. Mere alcohol, it doesn't move me at all. So tell me why should it be true that I get a kick out of you? Some like the bop type refrain. I'm sure that if I heard even one riff, twit to bore me terrifically too. Yet I get a kick out of you. I get a kick every time I see you standing there before me. I get a kick, though it's clear to me. You obviously don't adore me. I get no kick in a plane. Flying too high with some gal in the sky is my idea of nothing to do. Yet I get a kick out of you. Yeah, the sick of sad. 
Show Report. All right, uh, we're going to roll into something else. I think we, we still got I some more yeah. to do, don't we? I've, I've still got one more clip if, if you Posture, guys want to hear. Posture, Derek. We'll let you do it, but yeah, you can now look through. working on it. All right, so in our final clip of the night, we've got Spud talking to Whitney Cummings about how our views of marriage are mostly shaped by our environment growing up and how her views have changed as an adult. She's funny. There's a ton. Okay. Well, relationships are a big part of your act, uh, and you know. And I'm just curious, what's your take on marriage? Do you think that these days the institution has like an expiration date or a fairly certain shelf life? You know, I've had a few failures myself. I'm just curious on your take. Well, I joke. You know, I say it's, it's they call it an institution because it's for crazy people. Yeah. Um, but you know, I it depends. I mean, I think that there's much people there. I, I've sort of been somewhat against it because for so long, you know, I was influenced by divorce. You know, I grew up, I saw three divorces by the time I was 16. So I just thought yeah. you get married, you get divorced. Like, it, you know, I didn't think you don't get married. I just think when you get married, only expect it to last five years, you know? So I think I've kind of had a, a revised uh, take on it, which is that it doesn't have to last forever. You know, we have, we don't expect our cars to last forever. We don't stay in the same house our whole lives, you know, when I hear someone was married for eight years, I think of that as a success, you know. Um, Thank you. Because mar- marriage was invented before when the life expectancy was 30. Now we're living to be 100, you know. So it's, it's, we have to sort of evolve our um, sort of expectations and stuff. And, and be, we're so hard on ourselves, you know. When people end relationships or go through divorces and they feel so bad, I'm like, what, 10 years? That's that's awesome. Celebrate that. That's a success. That's not a failure. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, one of the reasons I heard is that guys are not just me, but tend to lose their sense of hearing. Like after five to ten years, we don't listen as well, or that's what I've been told. And it's a deal breaker. I don't know. I, that's just something that's been brought up. But I, I'll move on. I'll move on here. Uh, last question. I think that's very refreshing and realistic. Wow, what a great perspective. Like to just have like little segmented marriages. Well, I think if you can make it work longer. You should be proud of that and good for you, but don't feel like it's a failure. I think I think that uh, it's important for people to be happy. Yeah, it should it should be like donating blood. You know, where you get a little, little badge for every gallon. Oh yeah, like for yeah. Every year you should get like a little a little pin. You know. Yeah, right. that's right. Like a little marker. How much time you were able to put in? Like and a star chart. On and that's the wall kind of a home. nicer analogy than sobriety. So. It's 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 a lot like donating blood. And then maybe instead we could do a lease for marriages or something like that, you know? So Where you, you just to, plan to you don't, you don't be buy like, like see a car, you lease the car. So you just basically say, I'm signing up for a 10-year marriage. And then the license expires, you pack up your shit and you move out. You've got the balloon payment at the end, but hey, you'd have that anyway. Oh, yeah. Forget about the balloon payment. That's always the scary part. Yeah, but that's going to be the same as if you're if you're doing a big old split. Super. Paying alimony. Super. Yeah, well, after 10 years, all she would get is my plaid shirt, because that's all I got if it was me. So you ever thinking you about do? getting married, Lawrence? Nah, you know, I, I did enough time. I think I did enough time. I'm just going to stay just free and easy with that. You know what I'm saying? I think y'all know what I'm saying. I think yeah. the old clock on the wall is saying it's probably time for some more music. Well, let's do that then. All right. How about we start off with uh, something from the Kinks, the good old Kinks. And we're gonna they're going to do another take of Richard Berry's classic, Louie Louie. And then we'll have the Lipstick Killers from like 1980 and their song, Hindu Love Gods.
So now what, what we got? We got you and ran out of highlights, huh? We, we have yeah. a call waiting. Do we want to take it, or right. do we want to just move on and close the show? No, 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 no. Okay. Well, how about you guys at the board? Do we have time to take this call? Yeah. Why not? All right. Well, uh, Dave says take it, so let's take it. Go ahead and put it through. Hey, caller, you on the air? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was just calling about tonight's show. Uh, oh, you talking about like the first hour with Spud? Uh, okay. So what part you want to comment on? No. I didn't even know there was a first hour. Super. I only listened to this post-show report. Uh, I guess if it's a post-show report, there must have been a show before to report on. My bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I've been a regular listener for the last month or so, and I was really bummed out that you brought in some women tonight to take Derek, the regular oh, co-host it's, spot, it's away bad. from him. I thought he was freaking amazing the last few shows. Thank you. He pretty much carried things. And provided so much entertainment. Oh my god! Why fix something that ain't broke with a chick? Let me tell you something, Carla. You know you're not. You might not be aware of this, but this co-host, this chick that you talk about, this is Ivy Quinn, and she was the co-host of the show long before I even got here. And now she was gracious enough to allow Derek to sit in with us tonight. You and, know. And, and Carla, I am sorry you feel this way. Can I ask if you have a problem with women other than myself in your daily life? Not really. 
I like women. Don't get me wrong here. Super. It's just that on the radio, a guy wants to hear guys talk about stuff that's important to them. Do they have women on sports talk radio shows? Well, maybe that's because they're targeting an audience of men who are threatened by the presence of women in sports. I mean, outside of the token model doing sideline duty on a network TV broadcast. Is is this really about Derek or more about your own inadequacies? I mean, the main sponsors on sports talk radio are men's clinics to help with impotency. Mm. Take away dick problems and hair replacement and the format would go to the way of the eight track. Hey, how much hair do you have left? Uh, no need to get personal. Can I talk to Derek? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here, caller. Uh, I do hear what you're saying, and I won't try and take sides, but you have made some very valid points here. <laughs> look, look, look. If, if all you did, if all you want to do here is just come on here and denigrate our co-host, then we're going to have to move on here, caller. Thank you, Lawrence. Okay, okay. Yeah. I won't denigrate anymore. Can I, can I just talk about how great Derek is then? He's the best thing on this show, in this station. Oh, my God. God knows why he hasn't been given his own drive time slot. Well, I want to thank you. uh, Sorry. I want to thank you for uh, voicing your support for me and my future in radio. I am. Okay. All right. Super. Uh, No problem, Derek. Oh, I forgot. Derek is also the funniest and wittiest guy on this radio Come show. On, he is so. Carlo, look, you're just repeating yourself. You said this before. Not... Okay, thank you for calling in. Maybe after the show, you can give Derek your phone number and he can entertain you at home for a couple of hours. Well, I guess that would work. Hey, Derek, I'll call you later, okay? Uh, thank you, caller. That is not a healthy man. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, well, you know what? Yeah, I think we maybe got a time for one more song now after that. Uh, hey, hey, Derek. Well, why don't we let you introduce it this time? What do you, what do you think? What? It, yeah, it, you go, what? What do you think? What, okay, you okay. Introduce it. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we do? What, well, what is it, guys? Do, well, do you the need a cue card? I mean, sweetie. Yeah, it's on the no. schedule. I'm right sure there. one of the interns could I, help you I, if you need Ivy, some help. Can I? Can I borrow your schedule? Uh, of course, honey. Okay. Let me. Okay. So this last one is by another Northwest band from a ways back. The Heats with their hit "I Don't Like Your Face." Hey.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You know what? I got I got to agree with Spud from the first hour. The, the pre-interviews, it's kind of a big waste of time. You know, I'm glad we don't do them here on our show. Yeah, when I was hosting the Post Show Report, there was only a couple times I wish I had the opportunity for a follow-up question after hearing Spud, you know. Um, you know, sometimes I get the feeling that he doesn't even listen to what they say to him. He's kind of in his own world most of the time. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. You know, maybe he's like ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that and about 10 other mental issues. You know, he takes like a handful of pills every day, right? Yeah, you know, I thought I, that was candy. Yeah, I, th- I thought I saw him swallowing something, you know, with his Pepto or something. He chased it back. He said it with breath mints. I'd just be happy he's taking his medication. Um Hey, Lawrence, you know I can't make it here every week to fill in for Gina because I kind of have a life that's, these that's days. That's okay. I know. Do, do you, will you do your best to make sure they bring some females in to balance things out? You know, you must know a lady who would be willing to help. No, no, I don't. You know, I was hoping maybe that you had a sister or something. Like Hello? That. I'm still sitting here. Would you like my perspective? I might know of someone. I'll text yeah. you her number. I can make it sometimes, just not every week. You guys, this isn't well, funny. Yeah, it'd be great. I'll pass it on to our executive producer. Oh, that's good. That's on. good. Yeah. Hey, there's no need for that. Would this be a good time for me to do some impressions or tell a joke? Oh, God, I mean, no. I do a killer Bob Saget, you know, no, 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 end no, the no, show no, on a high no, note. No, oh, Derek. thank you for the offer. We appreciate it, but no. Yeah, yeah, we should end the show now. Um, I have some calls. I need to return. And, oh, starving. Hey, do you, Lawrence, do you want to get some food after the show? Oh, you know I do. Absolutely. It sounds good. Yeah, I yeah. can I can meet you guys wherever you guys decide on too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, oh, wh- wh- where do you want to go? Uh, anywhere sounds good to me. Um, you guys, you guys, we, I know, I know a really good joint. Okay. Well, you know what? You guys, you want to know? Well, uh, I think Lawrence and I'll talk, and we'll get back to you. Okay. And um, you know what? Hey, oh, Dave's trying to get our attention. So, Dave, you know, I want to just say thank you tonight. You're always a wonder on the soundboard. Yeah, it's great to have both of you here in the studio. Oh, and uh, uh, Derek. Yeah, all three of you here in the studio. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, we got to thank Mike, of course. You know, our engineer here. And oh, it's nice. Thanks, and it's nice to see uh, intern Trent doing an excellent job. And yeah, congratulations. I the yeah, he's, he's part of the best and the brightest in this country here. So, you know, we're going to sign off. And uh, it, we got one more song here. This Rose. No, no, we, I don't think we've got time for a song we here. We're out of time. We're out of time. So, you know what? We'll meet up again next week. Good, Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good, Good night. night. Are, are, Good we night still, are we still on the air? Good night. Good night, everyone. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deer. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll public. Publicist. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. <laughs> <laughs>